Hi, Daniel. How are you? Uh, hey, Aaron. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm glad to have you back again and back on the call. It's it's been a few weeks and and uh, or it seems like it's been a, at least a week or a week and a lot of, seems like there's been a lot happening. Um. Well, I I guess so. Um. What do you mean? I mean, certainly there's a lot happening to me. I don't know. I mean, to me, it seems like the same kind of stuff that's been going on is just kind of continuing. Okay. Well, I guess for me, as someone newer to the BSV space, that it, it's, it seems like, I mean, the price spiked up to almost 500. Now it's back down to 300. There's this uh, someone on Twitter named uh, the Night Fox who claims to be Satoshi, who's had some pretty interesting price predictions. But uh, yeah, for someone like you who's been around it a while, it's probably the same old stuff. Okay, well, I mean, uh, the 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 price is always crazy. Um, uh, there's, the, I mean, it it does crazy stuff. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really pay attention to somebody who's making price predictions. Nobody really knows. Yeah, yeah. So today around my lunch hour, I uh, I put out on Twitch and on Twitter that we'd be recording a podcast today and asked if anyone had any questions. I know that we like to get into some of the more theoretical stuff around um, Austrian economics, but I picked out a couple of the questions if you're open to, to going into those a, a little bit. Okay, sure. Yeah, so... Uh, one person asks, do you have a favorite token in the BSV protocol? Uh, the Satoshi. <laughs> How about when can we expect Boost Pow to get back up and running? Uh, good question. Um, I mean, I'm, I've been trying to work on a, a Boost Pow miner that uh, anybody can use. Um, uh, I mean... If somebody wants to um, to to do something with it, we can probably have it working more quickly. I mean, uh, anybody can provide the service, and um, it would well, it would just be a lot better if somebody else just did it because they thought there was going to be going to be money in it. So it would be better if I didn't know about it and you were just doing it and trying to uh, compete with me to provide the service. But what mainly what I've been doing the last year is kind of trying to explain to people why they would want it, which wasn't what I thought would happen. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I've almost got my, uh, I've worked through a lot of, details in my my bitcoin library so um uh, you know pretty soon like my ability to do more and more stuff is is uh, increasing each day um but it's it's taken me a really long time to understand everything about the bitcoin protocol and there's also so much else going on uh it's been hard to uh Hard to make progress on it. Okay. Do you have any thoughts about uh, this 
token or blockchain called Solana. And I guess other blockchains in general are, are those something that you pay attention to? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I think that if you understood the point of Bitcoin, you would also understand that we don't need other blockchains. And you would also know that most of the other ones just don't really work. So I think um, Sol Solaris, that's what it's called, right? Oh, okay. I, I thought it was called Solana, but it could be Solaris. Uh, no, no, I'm... I don't even I don't remember. I I know people have been talking about it. It's yeah, so Solana, whatever it is. Um uh, I've heard that that is a another proof of stake system and um that's that that's just never going to work. Like every every proof of stake system is uh about maintaining surreptitious control while creating the um, the superficial appearance of uh, being a a distributed system that's controlled by the users um, uh, I mean I mean when when you talk about these um, these theoretical issues with Austrian economics. I mean, they're they're theoretical in in the sense that um, we're we're talking about them in terms of you know purely hypothetical states. So we want to talk about like the value of money or, or something without regard to anything specific about the world as it is right now. But um, these issues are really important in the real world. Um, so right now, what we have with all of these blockchains is a, a way for people to um, risk their own money on uh, political ideas or ideas on how society should be uh, constituted. Um, so um, a, a proof of stake system is, um, is kind of like a democracy or maybe kind of like a, uh, a, a corporation. Um, and the difference between, well, the, the difference is that you can choose where to put your money. So it's not like you, you just have to go along with what everybody thinks. Um, you really have choices about um, where you want to go. And the, the problem with that is because pretty much anything goes right now in these markets, people can uh, create societies that uh, that will destroy themselves. And um, then the people involved in them will lose all of their money on it. 
Because, you know, when you buy these coins, there's a bet on the survivability of the system. It's a, a bet that this society is going to continue, continue on. Um, but if you don't know what, what, what a good society really is, then you just don't know what is what is a good bet so to me I, I think um um calling these these issues theoretical uh has the um there's the potential danger that people will think that they're they're irrelevant but really they're sort of the first step in not not losing everything in in these markets um but yeah, I, I I ignore anything that's that's says it's proof of stake, and um, I mean I think anything that's like an alt coin or like restarting Bitcoin is a a failed uh, venture from the get go because um, like the the value of Bitcoin really has to do with the economy that is uh, is built around it, and that's something that grows over time. And people who got started first just have a uh, a head start. Um, and you can't you can't grow an economy just by just by copying ideas. Uh, um, you have to actually build working things, you know, that actually produce things that, that people want. So um, I think that, um, well, that, that's a very important idea that has not been understood very well. So, I mean, it kind of started with, with Litecoin, I guess, because, um, uh charlie lee said that litecoin is the silver to bitcoin's gold right and um but really like it would be better for everybody if everybody in litecoin just joined bitcoin and tried to make bitcoin successful i mean i think when you when you create these these new coins you're what you're really doing is joining a zero sum game you're you're adding yourself as a competitor to a game that ultimately only one can win so it's like it's like you want to be the highlander without understanding that the highlanders all have to kill each other until there's just one left um and what what we've had um what we've had in the the crypto markets for a while is a, an unwillingness to truly compete with one another because people are are going after the the money that's available in the the speculative bubble and the the bubble is sort of based on it's i mean it it's you don't really need to understand anything in in the short term to make 
money off the bubble. But eventually, the market is going to understand um, everything. Or every all knowledge will eventually become understood by the market. And um, then it's going to be a lot harder to make money uh, because the market will be thinking ahead and you won't be able to just do something that won't really work in a few years anymore. Pe people will know what works and what doesn't work. Um, anyway, um, I think I think it's much better to just help make Bitcoin successful than to try to make a competing system because then all of our our energies are are synergistic with one another and we all we all benefit from each other instead of being against one another. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Last time we had kind of ended the conversation uh, and you had mentioned that you really wanted to get to the ideas of entrepreneurship, profits and losses, and the socialist uh, calculation problem. You think that those would still be good uh, ideas to tackle? Yeah. Um, well, it's, I was going to review some stuff first. So let me quick go over a few things. So first of all, I mean, some people think that I'm a philosopher, but really that's what I do in my spare time. And, you know, what I'm actually good at that's really going to help Bitcoin succeed is, is as an economist. And so far I've had a lot of trouble, um, you know, conveying to people that economics is really important. I mean, to me, economics tells us about the nature of success. So it's kind of like, um, like where it's kind of like knowing where, where we're going on, on our journey. And so right now it seems to me like people have, uh, set off on a journey without knowing where they're going. So I think there's kind of, uh, been, uh, uh an important step that was, uh, was missing. <laughs> um, so, um, but I had to do, I had to do videos that are about philosophy because, um, people forgot what is important in life. So there were some, um, some bigger, bigger issues to tackle first. Um, I mean, I think that like if, I mean, if somebody is like a, a gambling a addict or something, then it's, it's kind of like they've, they've forgotten, um, like they're motivated by things that are, are divorced from life and they're doing something that's, really going to kill them eventually. And uh, I just needed to find people who weren't like that in this market. Um, there were so many people who were kind of, uh, kind of brainwashed and who didn't genuinely want to, um, to think about success that um, I had to kind of put out a distress call 
to uh, find anybody who uh, who wasn't brainwashed. But economics is is what I would have actually wanted wanted to do. Um, so um, so last time you asked me a question on who understands Austrian economics. So I'd like to um, go back to that real quick. So yeah. I mean I think. What I was trying to say is I think that there's a lot of opportunity in Bitcoin for people who actually understand economics. And um, right now, I don't think that there – I would say that there's almost nobody who seems to understand economics. So uh, the Austrian economists – don't understand economics because they didn't want to get into Bitcoin and they wanted to stay professors. They, they didn't recognize the opportunity. So what, I mean, what we really need are economists who, who also want to be entrepreneurs. So economists who want to take risk on their ideas. So not people who want to be tenured professors, people who want to risk money based on, you know, based on what they think about economics. So in, in other words, like if I'm wrong about economics, then I want to lose money. And we want people like that who, who are thinking that way. See what Is I mean? this like the idea of skin in the game? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, these... Austrian economics who supposedly understand economics or these Austrian economists uh, are not doing anything to promote the success of Bitcoin. Um, despite the fact that given what they ought to know, they really ought to um, desire that success really badly, I would think. And they would want to uh, they would also see the potential benefit of uh, the success of Bitcoin to them um, because of uh, how how wealthy it can make you. But um, I don't really know of any Austrian, well, I don't know of any economics professors who who quit their job to get into Bitcoin, but, the Austrians, in particular, I think, ought to uh, have have understood this and would have wanted to uh, quit what they were doing to work on Bitcoin. I mean, to me, Bitcoin is the most important thing going on in the world right now, and you're really doing a lot more to make the world better by uh, by promoting the success of Bitcoin than you know, most other things that you could be doing. Um, and um, so, um, uh, but the people in Bitcoin do not understand Austrian economics as far as I can tell either. So if somebody is an entrepreneur in Bitcoin, that doesn't mean that they understand uh, Austrian economics either. I think that there's a big a big opportunity that is not being 
sufficiently pursued in Austrian economics and and Bitcoin um, that that could be pursued if people were to understand it better. And um, I would say that uh, Craig Wright seems to understand Austrian economics. And I mentioned that because you asked me last time if the entrepreneurs in, in Bitcoin know Austrian economics. And I said, no, they don't. But I think he's he's an entrepreneur and I think he does understand it. But uh, he hasn't really explained it to people as far as I know. He's just said some things that lead me to believe that he, he knows it pretty well. So in particular, there's um, a discussion he did on, uh, on whale pool or on whale something. Now I don't remember. There's like a a show where these uh, these whales or something they talk about crypto things. Anyway, he was on it, and he said, "You're not a real Austrian if you're for bimetallism." And so, to me, that shows that uh, he he understands uh, some of the the most important uh, core. Uh, conclusions of Austrian economics that, um, yeah, that I think many other people have, uh, have missed. So, um, well, let me give an example of somebody else. Um, so Jeff Tucker wrote an article a while back about how he he loves altcoins and how the market solves all problems and it's great for people to uh, uh, experiment and make whatever nonsense they want. But um, I, I mean, I think that there's a real problem with this view. I mean, not to say that the market won't eventually sort things out, but um, like the whole, like the way that the, like money is an essential part of the way that markets benefit us. Money is kind of what makes people want to work for each other. And um, the problem of socialism, according to Mises, has to do with the uh, lack of a profit and loss system. Um, that occurs under uh, under a, in a socialist economy. So when when we lack a profit and loss system, what what we lack is an idea of efficiency, and that means that we lack a way of uh, thinking about. Um, like what is what is the most important thing we need now like what is the what is the best benefit that we can get for the least cost um and if we don't have a way of answering that or or thinking about it even then we cannot have a system that gets better over time because we will not have people who are um, who, who we will we will not have optimization. See, we won't have um, uh, we won't have some kind of progression towards 
greater efficiency if we don't know what efficiency is. So if we have a bunch of competing monies, what, what we have are competing definitions of efficiency or competing concepts of efficiency. So not, not as bad as socialism, where we have no concept of efficiency, but, um, but still bad because we have a disagreement about efficiency. And we have people who are working at, uh, at cross purposes to one another. Whereas if we have one money, then everybody is working for each other. And so uh, a, a, a market with competing monies is not a, a wonderful market that solves all problems. Really, it's a, a market that, um, that will cause a lot of problems until people can settle on one money. So, I mean, that doesn't mean I don't think we should have free competition and uh, experimentation and all of these things. But I think that people are not being realistic about, you know, what's, what's, really, uh, what's really going on with all of these competing coins and things. Um, what I think we would want is to um, to figure out what money we're all going to use as quickly as possible, because that's when things actually start to get better instead of worse. Um, so um, uh, I, I think that if you just say that that markets are all all wonderful, you know, you you're not you're not you're kind of I, I think we could be like I, I think we could be moving to something that's going to benefit all, us all a lot much more quickly by by understanding these things in in economics and uh, not just glossing over them yeah I, what you're saying reminds me a little bit of uh, an article that I I read by uh, Hans Hermann Hoppe, where he talks about the differences between em empiricism and um, analytic truths. Where it, it sounds like you're saying having the best money in one money is an analytic truth that is to to your mind very obvious that there should be one money for the world that we can all use. Uh, where someone like Jeff Tucker might be arguing, arguing, well, no, you actually have to test this out and see which one wins um, and have a lot of different experiments. Do you, do you think that that's a, a true comparison? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, presumably uh, Jeff Tucker has read all of these same Austrian books that I have. So uh, I think that if we asked him, he would agree with me that the um, the equilibrium outcome is that there's going to be one money. 
Um, but uh, uh, I mean, I guess where where we would disagree is that I would be unhappy if we are moving away from that equilibrium or not moving towards it quickly enough. And uh, I would say that a market in which the participants don't understand that that's the eventual outcome and who are trying to avoid it is a really bad sign. It's, I mean, the reason the market um, works is because uh, people compete over their knowledge. Um, and, you know, the, the money kind of moves into the hands of people who have more knowledge over time. Um, but what we have now is a market where people are trying to avoid knowledge. And um, that doesn't mean that the market won't, won't work. But uh, I mean, I, I, I think that uh, I mean, I, I think that an economist should should be able to recognize the the problem. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just think yeah. that the you should be able to say that the market isn't isn't working very well, or certainly not not as well as I would uh, I would like. And so, I mean, what I what I would like, or how I would like people to you know, re respond to um, what's happening now is to recognize that there's an opportunity in approaching equilibrium. So in other words, try to um, be one of the people who is going to uh, get a lot of money by knowing more. And um, so... I, I think that um, I mean I, I think that we can just do a lot better by by knowing more and by by being more more strategic in general and um, you know uh, I just don't think that. I mean, like if I mean if you know that there's an opportunity in in approaching equilibrium, I mean you might not want to to tell people about it. But I've kind of had a problem in Bitcoin where, like, it just would be a lot better if um, there were you know some some people who were really trying to think strategically about about all this and um so well i mean things things have gotten a lot better but um uh i think that um well i think think there's still uh still a, a long way to go yeah do you think that there are barriers uh insurmountable barriers that people see or like say some of these Austrian economists that, or, or is it a lack of courage or is it, or is it what you're saying, just a lack of understanding that they really don't understand 
the theories that they're espousing. Well, I think it's a little of both. I mean, I don't know what is going on in the minds of uh, these economists, but I mean, what I've seen is that the 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 Austrian economists that I've I've known, you know, they they will be able to answer questions about the theory of money uh, correctly, but um, you know, most of the the discussion on on economics uh, that goes on is is not really about the theory of money, so it's not really central to what they are usually talking about. And uh, there's also some kind of like emotional disconnect, I think, because I've seen a lot of Austrians who seem like they can't think about money as anything other than gold, even though the theory isn't really about gold. It's really about anything that that could be money. So, um, um, uh, so, um, so I've had a lot of, um, uh, so, I mean, uh, so I guess I would say that there is, there is a, a lack of knowledge because the, the theory of money does not seem to be fully integrated with their action, even though well, I think they probably understand the theory of money. But uh, I would also say that many people who, who say that they are Austrians just don't don't know the theory of money because that's kind of an advanced topic, I guess. Like I would say Peter Schiff has never shown that he understands the theory of money to me. And um, so he's he's good on, on some things, on economics, but whenever he, he tries to talk about money, he just talks about gold. And I, it doesn't seem like he has a theory beyond, beyond that. And uh, yeah, lack of courage, I think, is also um, something... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, so just like I said, like if you're an economist um, and you actually think that you know economics, um, that's kind of what all of these these coins are all about. They're economic systems. So you should be able to – you should be fine saying saying I want to lose money if I don't know economics because of the potential gains from uh, doing things correctly. But um, um, I, I think that that's not what we've seen in, in Bitcoin. I mean, uh, you know, there's that saying that uh, uh, fools rush in where, where angels fear to tread. So, um, I think that that's kind of uh, what what we've seen in in Bitcoin is uh, people who uh, I would have would have thought 
you know, would have been kind of ideally suited to Bitcoin, uh, kind of uh, avoiding it. And most of the people who got in uh, know know so little that they're they're easily tricked into um, to doing something completely wrong. Yeah. Do you, do you think it would be more exciting if we had more people in the BSV space, like uh, say Tom Woods, uh, Bob Murphy, uh, Peter Schiff, um, Jeff Tucker? It, it, would it be more exciting, or would there just be more progress? I mean, I, I guess both could could potentially happen too. Well, I mean, I think that. Um, it would be much better if the people who are already in BSV just learned economics better than those people. I mean, I think that like, if you didn't get into Bitcoin, you've proven that you really missed something. Not to say that everyone in Bitcoin actually knows something, but, but I, I mean, really, I like, I think, I think Bitcoin is the biggest thing happening right now. And people who are trying to do something else are really limiting their potential in a big way. And I think that if we're trying to um, get the attention of people like Tom Woods and Peter Schiff, um, that's really going after it's going after people who've who've shown that they've they've really missed something i mean what really what we should do be doing is trying to be better than those people which shouldn't be very difficult given that we already know that they made a really big mistake um so i mean i think that uh i i mean i i think that people in Bitcoin should be looking to each other um, and they should not be trying to get famous people outside of Bitcoin to come in. Um, because to me, like if you're already in Bitcoin, you've already shown that you're, you're better than, than those people. Well, I should say you've, by not getting in, those people have already shown that they don't know what they're doing. Um, but there's a lot of ways to make big mistakes after you get into Bitcoin too. So, so right. that is, you're not better just because you got into Bitcoin, uh, but you made a, a big mistake already by not doing, by not getting in. Yeah. So I think that like the people who are in Bitcoin now, um, among them, are people who have the potential to be much, uh, much greater than Peter Schiff and, and Tom Woods and so on. And, um, um, and um, so what I would like is for, for people in Bitcoin to really understand the theory of money themselves uh instead of instead of trying to get endorsements from you know people who 
who don't really know the theory of money as far as I can tell. Right, right. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting outlook. I, I like that. Can you tell can you tell us a little bit or tell me a little bit about your journey, your entrepreneurial journey or your journey into Bitcoin uh, so that we could understand a little bit more how you got so excited about it? Sure. Well, um, I mean, I learned about Bitcoin at an event called Three Day Startup. And um, I learned about it from Ross Ulbricht. And he was um, designing the Silk Road at this event. Um, and he didn't tell us that there was going to be an illegal market. Um, he just said he wanted to do a uh, an online uh, bazaar for people to sell whatever. And um, he told me about Bitcoin, but uh, he was not able to um, explain it to me in a way that I could understand. And he didn't know about uh, proof of work. So I, I asked him about um, the regression theorem in Austrian economics, um, which says that... Um, there has to be some initial value for a good to become money. Um, and he was not able to explain to me uh, what this was. So uh, I said that um, it wasn't, it couldn't really work then. But later, um, Bitcoin had uh, more of a, a market going. And um, from that, I realized that it had, Bitcoin had got around my objection to it. And I didn't know how, but I knew that if it was, if it was growing now, then it would be easier for it to grow in the future because as the Bitcoin economy gets better, then Bitcoin, the good, also becomes better. Uh, so um, um, I decided to learn all about it and I didn't really uh, know enough computer science at the time to understand the white paper very well. Um, but uh, I, I was doing a, uh, a software engineering degree at the time. So uh, eventually I was able to, um, uh, to understand uh, what, the, um, what, what the, the white paper was about. And um, uh, and after I completed my degree, I tried to um, find jobs in in Bitcoin that um, you know that would uh, would promote Bitcoin's success. Um, but you know, unfortunately, uh, the the companies 
that uh, I was involved with for most of the time were all uh, really bad, and they pretty much all fell apart um, before we were really able to do anything. And um, so, uh, I mean, I've had a really big problem uh, with evaluating people and, you know, understanding who, who would be good to work with. Um, and I made pretty bad decisions for, uh, for, for companies for a while. So the latest thing I've done is uh, I've been involved in founding a mining pool called Matter Pool. And, um, well, um, we've had some, some pretty big problems. Um, but so far, we haven't uh, completely fallen apart and uh, um, it seems like seems like we might uh, might be able to keep going for a while from here. So I hope things uh, go well, and um, we I finally do something that's that's actually successful in in Bitcoin, other than just uh, just talking about it. But um, yeah, with with Matterpool, I would like to. Um, uh, integrate my my knowledge of of economics and make that a part of the the business um i guess i would say uh, companies that i tried to work for in the past did not want to hold bitcoins very much and uh, people tended to say that the bitcoins are very risky um, so, like, I, I worked for this company called uh, Monero, which has nothing to do with Monero. That was before um, before Monero got started. And um, th they wanted to um, support users who wanted to invest in Bitcoin, but they didn't want to in invest in, in Bitcoin themselves as a company. And I think that that's a really big mistake. And I think that um, really like, uh, really the, mm, there's, there's a, a lot of money just in the coins themselves. And I think it's kind of silly to be uh, a company in Bitcoin that, that isn't trying to, um, to be successful just by holding the coins because it's so easy. Um, it's like doing something that's more difficult than, than you need to do. But, um, you know, Bitcoin won't succeed if nobody does anything. So you have to do, do something as, as a company. But I think that, you know, by understanding the theory of money, we can know about what makes uh, Bitcoin more valuable. So you can do things that are going to um, promote uh, Bitcoin's success as, as a company. Um, but so far, I, I have not, I, I haven't seen very, very much of that uh, in, um, well, I I, th I think that uh, like to to me the economics is kind of like 
It's like the navigation system. Well, yeah, it's like what I said. It's like telling us where where we want to go. So it feels to me kind of like people are just uh, running around not not knowing what what they're doing right now. Um, so um, well, that's kind of uh, kind of what I've been um, been up to in in Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned that that understanding economics is is like the, our our GPS towards understanding money and and Bitcoin. Um, what do you think? I guess I, I'm not sure if this is if this makes sense, but what do you think the biggest barrier for just normal people are in understanding Bitcoin or in using it? Won't the consumer, if they see something that is better, won't they just automatically navigate to it? Yeah, better well, money. I mean, it's hard to. Um... Well, yeah, I mean, I, but I think the. I mean, if you're if you're just thinking like a consumer, you're not going to want Bitcoin until there's lots of stuff available for Bitcoin. So you would want there to be lots of stuff that you can buy with it. And right now the the economy is pretty small, and I think going going after consumers right now just isn't really going to work. I mean, I think that right now we need to be an economy of entrepreneurs and our, our Bitcoin economy needs to be based on helping each other to be successful entrepreneurs. Um, but there is, and I mean, there is the potential for, um, using Bitcoin in, in a system that consumers are going to be interested in without, um, you know, knowing that they're, they're using Bitcoin. But if in that case, they're not part of the Bitcoin economy. Um, um, but that would be like, um, you know, an initial step for getting people in. But some someone isn't really a part of the Bitcoin economy unless they're trying to earn bitcoins, um, instead of just spending them. I mean, that's usually like the first question people ask me when I talk about Bitcoin is what what can I buy with it? And but someone who's really going to be a big a benefit to Bitcoin now is someone who would want to earn it. Um, right. So I, I think I, I think we should be trying to um, you know wade wade through all of the people who ask about what can I buy with it to try to find the rare person who's going to ask how can I earn it because that's that's who we really need right now. Yeah. What do you see as some of the most exciting projects that are out there right now in Bitcoin? Um, well, um, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, 
I'm I'm most excited by what I'm working on, which is a, a proof of work service. And to me, this is something that we sorely need. Well, I mean, I think that that's really it's really the um the it's really the biggest thing that we need after the the Bitcoin service itself. So I mean, right now there's still problems with with SPV mode in Bitcoin, and um, it would be great if we um, were actually, you know, if we had the infrastructure built to use that correctly. Um, but after that, I think what we would need is a proof of work service. Um, and the, the proof of work service, well, you know what I said earlier, remember I said like if somebody is saying that there's an opportunity why why would you listen to him because you would think that if he really knew there was an opportunity he would want to keep quiet about it um so earlier i said i thought that there was a big opportunity in more people understanding austrian economics so what we can have with the proof of work service is we can have me saying that there is a big opportunity in understanding economics uh, without the suspicion that um, uh, that I'm I'm saying this as some kind of some kind of scheme to manipulate the market. You see what I mean? Like yeah. um, like what you would worry about from somebody who's saying that there's an opportunity is that they're trying to lure people into a fake opportunity like a multi-level marketing scheme or something like that and you would expect somebody who knows a real opportunity to stay quiet because he would want to uh, make the the money um so but what i kind of have had a problem with is um uh, finding um, collaborators who are going to kind of um, like understand what what I think uh, promoting success is, and who are going to want to um, to to do something with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with with the proof of work service, what you can you you can see that somebody has um, provably spent energy in order to say something. So that that reduces the potential benefit of being a scam artist. Um, and it 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 means that um, it's it's more like. If, if people were all attaching proof of work to their ideas, the optimal strategy is really to just tell people good ideas and not to tell them tricks to manipulate them. Because there's more, there's more risk with manipulation because people might not be fooled and they might not do it. Whereas if you're just telling people good ideas, then... Um, there's less risk of uh, well, you're just if you're just making a better offer, then um, 
you can expect better outcomes. Um, the the problem is that um, um, because uh, that people with bad uh, 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 bad offers are also better at gaining attention when there's cheap talk because uh, they're better at um, inciting your emotions and they're better at connecting to your, your greed or something like that. Um, but um, if, if we all had to attach proof of work to things, then we, we increase the risk of being a manipulator relative to being uh, an honest actor who's making a good offer. And so what, what I would like to be able to do is to um, tell people what I think good ideas are and uh, actually being listened to really carefully so that people understand what I'm uh, what I'm talking about really carefully. And what I see happening in Bitcoin is that there's just an endless uh, distraction from from other other kinds of ideas. And you know, like uh, like if I say if I try to talk about the value of money, um, you know, I get uh, I don't get as much attention as someone who's inventing a new new altcoin that can do uh, you know that supposedly can do amazing things when really it probably can't like like Solana like what we were talking about earlier like I think that that's something that everybody is talking about that's not really worth talking about and like I I just don't think that there's ever been a time in Bitcoin when the stuff that people were talking about is kind of what I want to talk about. You know what I mean? So yeah, when yeah. when we when we get this proof of work service, then that'll change that. And the stuff that everybody is talking about is stuff that's actually good, like what I talk about. Um, and yeah, also yeah. The, the proof of work service will increase uh, profits throughout the whole economy because the entrepreneurs will have a much better idea about what needs to be built. So we'll have a much greater efficiency in terms of um, uh, promoting the success of Bitcoin because people will just have a much better idea about what is successful. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that idea. Um, what what kind of collaborators skills uh, would you need? I mean, like a, someone who's good at educating, uh, someone who's good at computer science and coding. Uh, what kind of things are you looking for? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that, um, I mean, I would really like to see a good open source community in Bitcoin. Um, I think that um, people should want to um, should want to to build software that that benefits the economy. And this software does not need to be um, 
part of some um, some like Bit Bitcoin itself is an is an enterprise. Uh, it's a and everybody can be a part of it without um, necessarily being part of some smaller enterprise within Bitcoin. Um, so I think, I mean, I think that people should just want to uh, want to make the Bitcoin economy better um, just to because their Bitcoins will go up. And um, so I've been really kind of surprised about, well, so first of all, I mean, the existing open source communities have not really understood this and not really got very interested in Bitcoin. So that's disappointed me a lot. Um, and another thing that we've seen, I think, is people who understand how to program uh, have uh, have been fooled by Bitcoin Core a lot. So when we had these these splits in Bitcoin, um, we had a lot of uh, programming talent that kind of got way late. So now it, it's not useful anymore. So in particular, there was this um, this library called uh, libbitcoin that I was trying to learn how to use a while back, but um, the people involved with it stuck with the Bitcoin Core system instead of, um, you know, instead of focusing on something that could actually be successful. And it just seems like they don't, didn't understand they didn't understand enough to know what what they should be working on uh and those those guys are very good programmers so that was a really big uh loss i think but i mean i i think that what we've seen in in bitcoin is people who can who can program are treated like like they're much greater than they really are because they're the ones who are able to make a lot of money off of the speculative mania because they can make things like Ethereum and things that, uh, you know, don't really work, but that uh, can, can really attract uh, a lot of people who don't understand anything with, um, with, with slogans. And so we've seen a lot of the, the programming talent kind of get, you know, kind of get, get ruined because it's not, it's not connected to, to real knowledge of uh, success. And so I'm, I definitely know people who are learning to program. And so, so that's really great. And um, I think, you know, I think we'll see some, um, you know, much better progress with the, a, a Bitcoin open source community in the future. But I think that um, 
just learning the details of the Bitcoin protocol and learning how to actually build things that interact with it. Um, and, you know, other related things like, uh, you know, websites and things. Um, there's, there's a really big need for that. And um, right now there's just not, there's, um, uh, I think that there's, a, I've had a lot of trouble with um, connecting ideas to to reality um, because, you know, there aren't people who can program or because people who can program just don't understand why they would, they would want to do something. You, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so yeah. I think that there's a need for people who understand something about success to learn how to program. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. I mean, so you've got a degree in computer science. Uh, I mean, how long does it take to, if someone's listening to this and they're agreeing with what you're saying, how long does it take to learn how to program in such a way that you could add value to Bitcoin? Would you, would you think? Well, um, I mean, programming is, um, uh, is something that I think anybody can learn and it's really kind of like, uh, writing. It's kind of like something that you get, you get better at over time. And, um, I don't think that it is really as, um, as complicated as its its reputation. So I think that um, programmers in Bitcoin are kind of treated like um, like rock stars or something, when really they should be treated like uh, like scribes. I think like they're people who should be who who have a a skill, um, but they're not people who are like uh like people who should be in charge of things like that's sort of uh that's just com completely different and um because i i think we've seen that um programming is kind of a good thing for people to do who want to um who want to pretend to be greater than they really are. Um, and it's sort of like something that not very many people know, and you can put, put on airs if you can program. Um, but it's really something that anybody can do. It's just not, not a lot of people have uh, taken an, an interest in it yet. But uh, to me, programming is kind of like the new literacy. It's kind of like some. It's kind of like something that everybody should know something about. And um, I, th I think that um, you, 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 
you learn you learn more as you make bigger and bigger projects and um uh, there's like as you do bigger things in programming you learn how to plan ahead better i mean the big um danger in programming is uh designing something that's so complex that at some point you don't understand it yourself anymore and in order to to but you can you can avoid that by starting small and then gradually making bigger and bigger things and then you you learn about how to design something in a um uh, uh in a way that's kind of compartmentalized so different parts of the system uh, in the, deal with certain specific uh, problems and they kind of, um, uh, you know, you, you can kind of design a big thing as uh, a bunch of smaller things that are put together carefully. Um, but just getting started, I think, you know, you can you can start with um, with easy things, and um, we can get a lot done with that. And um, eventually, you can you can do a, a lot more. And um, it'll you know it takes some some practice to get get going. But I think the biggest hurdle is just believing that you can do it. And I've seen this from people before who think that. They couldn't learn how to program, and then once they actually try it, they think it's a lot of fun. Because it's kind of like, um, I mean, it's like, um, like Legos or or Minecraft or something. It's kind of like um, little little pieces that you can put together into um, whatever whatever you want. It's it's very uh, creative and and fun, and um when people try it they they can find it to be to be really fun um and yeah i think it's just something that that intimidates people that doesn't really uh it doesn't it doesn't really deserve that um yeah yeah well, Daniel, I mean that it's it's that's inspiring to me because I I don't know much about programming, but it makes me think that maybe I should uh, try uh, get started on it. Okay, but, uh, well, great. <laughs> you've given me a lot to think about, uh, as the last two conversations did as well. Um, but I think we'll wrap it up there. Do you have any any final thoughts before we close out? Well, I was still reviewing the last time. We still didn't really get. I mean, I did talk about some things. Let me still yeah. let me finish my review of the last um, sessions because there were a couple other things. Um, yeah. So we talked a little bit about religion, and so um, uh, so um, one thing I should have mentioned is that uh, in in the Middle Ages, everybody was competing to build the best cathedral. So that's kind of like uh, a costly signal. Well, I think it is a costly signal. So I don't think Christianity is all bad, but uh, it would be it would be great if we were all competing to build the best cathedral today. That would be a lot better than uh, 
than what's going on right now. Um, but, um, um, and um, so we talked about marginal utility. And I think another thing that needs to be said about marginal utility is that it implies that all costs are opportunity costs. So this is something that's important in Austrian economics. And um, an opportunity cost is what you don't get to do because, um, because of what you did do. And if there isn't an alternative, then there isn't really a cost because you had no, no choice. And what you're, you're losing um, anytime you do anything is just what else you could have had. And so um, I think that there is, um, um, well, anyway, that, that's an important uh, idea. And um, well, we got to talking about the idea of money as a, a concept of efficiency. Um, and that's, that's because of the, the profit and loss system. So that's good. Um, so I guess next time we'll try to talk about um, we'll try to talk about the the economy. So we'll talk about economic growth and uh, how money fits into that because you, you can't really understand the theory of money without understanding the theory of the economy uh, first. Yeah, you know, I, 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 a couple of weeks ago, I said we'd try to keep these two an hour, but, you know, you, you just brought up some interesting things. The cathedral and marginal utility, I think, and I think those are concepts that we could explore more if you still have some time. Okay, yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah, well, um, remember last time we said marginal utility means that value has to do with um, um, changes to what you already have. So it's not inherent in the good. It has to do with the relationship of the good to the whole. Um, so that's why it's called uh, marginal utility um, since it's about it's about small changes. Um, so if we're talking about the marginal utility of money, what that means is why do you want to hold cash when you could uh, buy stocks or you could consume? Well, I mean, not just buy stocks. Let's say you could earn income because you can. There's, there's different things that can earn income, but Austrians usually think of them as basically the same thing. So stocks, stocks and bonds, uh, both earn interest, or, or what what Austrians call interest. Um, they earn they earn income, uh, and the marginal utility of money has to do with when is holding cash better than earning income or, or consuming, which is another thing you can, you can do if you get rid of money because you can get uh, consumer goods. So if we want to make Bitcoin more valuable, we have to understand why holding cash is better than consuming and earning income. Right. And so far, um, uh, 
in so by contrast in in BTC they don't want to think about that they just want to uh say that uh holding holding is better than than consuming and earning income without uh actually doing the the economics they just want to uh manipulate people in and sort of get people to repeat their their slogans instead of really thinking about it. So that's not going to work. Um, what, what we would want to do is is actually understand what makes it better. So that somebody like, um, you know, like Warren Buffett or somebody would be thinking like, um, uh, like why would I, why would I want to buy stocks when I could hold Bitcoin? <laughs> of right. course, I don't think he understands the theory of money, so he'll probably never think that. But, but somebody like that, you know, somebody who's actually thinking strategically, um, um, um what do you think and, it is about? Well, my, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say. Remember, marginal utility solves the diamonds versus water paradox so when we're talking about the the value of of goods why why is uh water so cheap and diamonds so valuable when water is really a lot more important than than diamonds and has to do with we have so much water that we can we can afford to use water for un, unimportant things even though we also need it for really important things, but it's uh, the it's the last use that we can use uh, water for that is um, that uh, affects the uh, the market value at a, a given time, not the uh, most important or not the the first thing we would do with water. Yeah, you, you know the concept of marginal also related to trade-offs. I, I found that understanding and thinking about trade-offs is often really hard for a lot of people. And a lot of times we want to have our cake and eat it too. Do you have any thoughts about why that is so difficult for most of us to understand? Uh, okay. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Marginal utility is about trade-offs. Um, and um well um i mean if we think about politics and uh, you know uh politicians promising to to give us things that uh are for free or they call for free and a lot of people don't think about trade-offs in those situations and sometimes even in our own lives we don't think about trade-offs of going one route versus another it, maybe that's just inherent to humans that we need to think more deeply about trade-offs. Yeah, well, yeah, this is kind of something that Thomas Sowell says. He says you can uh, destroy most of the liberal policies just by acting, asking about what what is the alternative, or or what are you what are you losing by doing the policy? Um, and yeah, I mean, our uh, the level of our discussion in politics and in 
you know, society in general is, is very low and it's really not, not worth, um, engaging in for the most part. Um, yeah, to me, like I'm, I'm always looking for people who can talk about trade-offs. I mean, to me, what we need is a network of people who are thinking rationally and we need to kind of ignore the people who are not because uh, they're just not not going to help us very much and right now we really need to uh, help each other and that means figuring out who who is actually going to be helpful and a, a big part of that is being able to think about well think thinking selfishly you know thinking about like if you if you can't maintain yourself, then you certainly can't help other people. So um, I, I think searching for people who can who can think rationally about their own benefit is really the the name of the game right now. And um, as to why uh, most people don't want to do that, that's kind of <laughs> I'm not the one you should be asking that one. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To me, that seems, I mean, to me, it seems like, like the world is like an insane asylum, except the the doctors and the, uh, the guards are the, the most insane. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm just trying to, trying to figure out who, who is sane and focusing on those people. And then maybe we can uh, make things better for a while. <laughs> yeah. And then you brought up the cathedral. What? What? Can you go more into that? What did you mean by what was that regarding proof of work or what was that? What was yeah, that about? So I think yeah, cathedral is kind of like like horns for the town. So it's kind of like um. So I talked about last time about how how Christianity got rid of the sacrifice. But yeah. they kind of got it back in the Middle Ages when everybody wanted to build the best best cathedral, and all of the the towns were competing to um, have the the most impressive one. So a cathedral is like the the peacock's tail for uh, a medieval town. And if people are focusing on that, then they have to optimize on. Uh, providing uh, what they need for each other so that they can all be good uh, workers on the cathedral. And uh, that, I think that would be really good. Um, but I do think the core idea of Christianity isn't, isn't very good. I'm, I'm more a fan of, uh, of Taoism, things like that. Very good. Very good. Well, I, I think that that uh, that would be a good place to stop for this time, and uh, we'll definitely meet up again and, and talk more. Okay, great. Um, well, this is um, this is the the farthest I've got uh, talking about economics with anybody since. Oh, actually, I should have mentioned this earlier about getting into Bitcoin. But when I was, uh, we had a, a student group at UT that was doing. Austrian economics, and we went through all of this stuff with each other. Um, but unfortunately, um, most of those guys 
uh, well, uh, those guys got fooled by by BTC somehow. So um, it seemed like it seemed like they should have known better too, but um, but but they didn't. So um, I don't know. I, I I don't know what what is really going to help. But I, I, I economics really is only a a a component of success and. Uh, Earlier on, I I guess I was uh, missing some other important components because I was um, involved with people who who were were missing something that I didn't uh, realize that I needed to to look for in people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Daniel, thanks again for taking the time tonight. Um, it was great talking with you. Okay. Uh, well, thanks. Nice talking to you too.